0: Yes, the sermon is a little bit up front, starting right at the beginning. You got here just in time for it today. Today we're taking a look at this next beatitude that says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. As I've been going through these uh, beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, I've been asking myself a number of questions. Uh, More often than not, uh, I'm asking, what does this beatitude have to do with God? What does it have to do with God? So today's question would be, what does meekness, and if you want a better word for meekness, because meekness sometimes has a negative connotation, you can put in the word gentleness. What does a gentleness have to do with God? Well, in order to unwrap the answer to this question today, we're going to be covering Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, where it does say, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. But at the same time, we've also got to look at verses 12 and 16, and believe it or not, Another psalm that actually says almost the very same thing. Now, the reason this question would be uppermost in our minds is that if we don't have this answer to what does this mean about God, we're not going to be able to fulfill the aim that God has later in chapter 5 when we finally get to verse 16, where it says, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. Uh, and glory, give glory to God who is in heaven. Now again, going back and uh, looking at the Sermon on the Mount, it, there's this picture of Jesus finding himself a comfortable place, and then who knows, he's got his disciples in front of him, but he's probably got hundreds and maybe even thousands of people on that mountainside listening to him, and he shares this message So that his father will ultimately get the glory by the way his disciples live. His aim was to really uh, create a lifestyle amongst the followers so that would make people think about the value of God. Now, think about us in our own world today. How you and I live in this world based upon who we call ourselves, children of God, other people, see us, and they react to that, and if we are not good witnesses to the faith, well, like what's the opposite of that? Bad witnesses, and people go, wow, if that's what Christ's followers are like, I don't think so. Now, Jesus shared this sermon, like I said, again, so that His Father would get the glory. And we need to help, well, we need to operate in such a way that we do this too. So if meekness is what some people are like, uh, just because they always got beat down as a kid, or because their parents never raised their voices in the house, or because they have some sort of a peculiar metabolism, how, then how could meekness, gentleness, call attention to the glory of God? So we need to ask ourselves again, what does meekness, gentleness, have to do with God? Uh, How does becoming meek or gentle promote the hallowing of God's name? Well, in answering this, we're going to discover that meekness and gentleness is a beautiful thing, even though sometimes being that way can be kind of painful. Uh, This is why we're going to take you back to Psalm 37 for a moment, because the best place to begin is Psalm 37, which is almost uh, certain that this beatitude is a quotation of Psalm 37, verse 11. Uh, it, it says, The meek, or the gentle, shall possess the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Now, in, in the Greek Old Testament, which was called the Septuagint, Psalm 37:11 is virtually identical to Matthew 5, verse 5. It says, The meek will inherit the land. And the word for land in the Hebrew and the Greek is earth so we're going to see what meekness means and what it has to do with God and how we manage to actually inherit the earth so we got to go back and start painting a picture of the meek uh, unwrap this meekness it's kind of a biblical virtue that means being hopeful it means uh, gentle in the face of adversity I mean how many of you have ever had hard times uh, can you smile even in the midst of hard times we could reflect back on last week. Oh, no, we have no heat at restore. Oh, my, what are we going to do? We're all going to just run around in circles and go, woe is us. But no, it's like, no, we can handle this. And we can handle this pretty quickly. That's, that's, that's kind of a, a way of looking at, at meekness here. Uh, it's hopeful and gentle, even in difficult times, not giving up or not getting angry, but then being rewarded for what I might call Patient endurance. Now, what are these meek people in Psalm 37 verse 11 who are meek? And according to Psalm 37 verse 9, wait for the Lord. Well, first in Psalm 37 5, it says that they commit their ways to the Lord and they trust in him. That's a difficult thing to do. This is what God's asking you to do. What do you do? Have you ever been confronted with that in your life where you know very clear what God wants you to do and you kind of go, "Eh, let me think about that for a while. I'm not sure if I really want to do that. And then you kind of finally go, yeah, I think it would be best if I did. So Psalm 37, 7 and 8 says they're quiet or still before the Lord. They don't fret, they don't worry uh, when other people prosper. Uh, They refrain from anger. They forsake rage. And so we're going to put together a little portrait of the meek. So if I'm going to draw a picture, I'm going to kind of draw a word picture of what meek people look like. First of all, these are the people who trust in God. Some of you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him and he will do what? He'll make straight your path. You just acknowledge him. This is a lousy situation I'm in. But I trust the Lord anyway. It's a deep confidence that God is for you and not against you. The second thing is they commit their way to God. Now, the Hebrew, interesting, uh, the Hebrew word for commit uh, literally means to roll. To roll. Which means when you have difficulties, what do you do? You roll those difficulties on to God instead of saying, I can handle this. No, I can't. I, no, and I fret I over everything. I'm going to say, Lord, I have no idea how this is going to work. I roll it on to you. So meek people, gentle people, admit that they are insufficient to cope with the complexities and the pressures and the obstacles of life, but they trust God, that God can handle everything, and so they're willing to roll that on to Him knowing that he is going to sustain them and guide them and protect them. I mean, what was the last time you had like, difficult times in your life? What, what am I going to do in this situation? Maybe the next time you think, this is a chance for me to roll this onto the Lord and seek his desire, seek his help, rather than worry about it and fret about it. Well, the third thing is they're quiet before God and they wait for him. I love that passage. some of you probably have a harder time with this than I do, but it says, "Be still and know that I'm God." Some of you aren't very still. You're, uh, you know, you're the kind of people that they say enter the room mouth first. Um, you know, you're always talking, you're always moving, you're always agitated, you're always doing this. Uh, you know, what are you doing? I'm nothing. Well what do you mean? Nothing? I'm pretty good at that to sit there and be quiet. Sometimes they're quiet before God and wait for him. According to Psalm 37, seven meek people are quiet and wait patiently. So the question is, what happens when you actually wait on the Lord? I'm going to just suggest three things. There's probably more, but first you discover that God could be trusted. You know, the reason you're so flustered is you haven't rolled it over on the Lord yet because you think somehow you got to figure out how you're going to handle it. And there are a lot of things that well, I do that. I sometimes well, I can handle this, and then I kind of go, "No, I can't. <laughs> Maybe I better pray about this. I should. I, God can be trusted." The second way is you can commit your way to Him. My path, when I choose my path, goes all over the place. But if I follow the path, you know, like the good shepherd, follow the good shepherd. The path is a whole lot straighter. And the third way is you wait patiently in the stillness. For the work of God in your life. Now, I'm not really good at that all the time. Maybe some of you aren't the same way. You pray to the Lord, Lord, take care of this. Lord, I lay this in front of you. And you walk back every five minutes. Lord, are you going to take care of this? Because we we still want to get our fingers in control over this whole situation. But, you discover God can be trusted ultimately. You commit your way to Him. You wait patiently. That doesn't mean you get lazy. I'm not advocating being lazy Christians. Rather, you have a kind of a steady calm that comes just very simply from knowing that God is omnipotent, fancy word for all-powerful, that he has all the affairs in your life and all the affairs of the world under control, and that God is a very gracious God, and he is going to work out things for the best, so gentle people have what I would call a kind of a quiet steadiness in their life. They just kind of move through life in a steady fashion, not running everywhere like they used to say, like a chicken with its head cut off. Uh, that doesn't mean they become lazy. Not at all. But here's a here's fourth thing that calm people do. They, they don't fret over the wicked. How much time do you spend every day worrying about bad people in the world? Probably the more news you watch, that might that might be one way of looking at it. Um, Verse eight says they refrain from anger. I confess that I don't watch must news because if I'm if I'm I'm confronted with a whole lot of news, sometimes all I do is I get angry. What's the matter with these people? Uh, is this world populated by, by, just by like a bunch of nuts and crazies? What, what's the matter? Why, why don't they think? You know, maybe some of you are going to go. Yeah, I've been there, done that. And uh, the best way to handle that is a remote. Turn it off maybe for a while. But just don't refrain from anger. Um, wait patiently. Um, know that God's power and God's goodness will work things out. So any setbacks step, step or whatever, God's got it. So the portrait of meekness, if we're going to paint this picture again, is one, it begins by trusting God. We could have sang that song today. I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus, trusting only thee, trusting you for full salvation, full and free. I'm trusting. It also means you just commit your way to the Lord in a confidence that he's going to use his power and his mercy not to hurt us, but to do good for us. It also waits patiently and quietly. Now, granted, I think all of us don't do that very well. We can do it okay for a little while, but if God doesn't come back and react quick enough, then we lose our patience and our ability to be quiet. We walk around and we complain. We moan and we groan. But the fourth thing is it just doesn't give into anger. Just because this isn't working, why should I get angry? Uh, why should I have fretfulness when I'm faced with opposition and setbacks if I can roll that on to the Lord? Now, I'm not saying that you're not responsible for using the talents and gifts that God has given you to address those situations, but don't suddenly turn yourself into God where you're only one that can do it. God gives you a certain amount of intellect, power, take care of it, but don't be afraid. To roll it on to God, step back. See, we trust His timing. We trust His power. We trust His grace to work things out for the best way for His glory and for our good. Now, what's the result of this? What happens when we actually learn how to do this? Well, the result of trusting God, the rolling of our anxieties on Him, uh, waiting patiently, is that we don't give way to quick and fretful anger. Uh, Instead, we just... Lord, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just laying it at your feet. You take care of it any way you desire. That's hard to get it out of our hands sometimes. James, um, in one chapter 1, verse 19 says, Let every person be quick to what? Hear, slow to what? Speak, and slow to anger. That's kind of good advice. We become reasonable. We become open to correction. Uh, Meekness loves to learn. Uh, And when it must say a critical word to a person who's caught in sin or some form of error, it speaks from a deep conviction of one's own fallibility, his own susceptibility to sin, and the utter dependence upon the grace of God. It doesn't come out in a vindictive fashion. See, meekness, if you will... Uh, begins with God. And it actually ends with God. Uh, and therefore, whenever we see a person like that, we give God the glory. And the aim of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is fulfilled. So that's just the first part. Blessed are the meek. The second half of the Beatitude says, though, for they shall do what? Inherit the earth. What does that mean? What effect does Jesus want this to have on People like you and me. Well, verse 12 helps us understand this. It says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great where? In heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. See, in other words, the promise of a great reward gives the disciples strength to endure persecution with joy. Yeah, the world today is not a very good place. We all acknowledge that. But what is to come is beyond imagine. Uh, there are days, literally, you know, we always say we pray for something. Even so, come Lord Jesus, come. Okay, that's pretty easy to say. There are some days I, I actually sat in my office and I leaned back in my chair. I said, you know, if if you want to have judgment day before I finish with this sermon, it would be really okay with me. <laughs> Or there are other times when, you know, things just don't work out or let's say there's some contention going on or things aren't happening the way you want them to. The chiefs aren't scoring touchdowns or something. You know, even so, Lord, just end this that way. Nobody wins or loses. Uh, Lord, just take care of us right now. And and, uh, we endure whatever with joy. The promise that the meek theirs is intended by the Lord to give us strength to endure. Uh, and that When the natural inclination is sometimes to rise up and defend ourselves or retaliate or just blow off steam. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians 3 that has helped me see how the promise of inheriting the earth gives strength to our meekness. And, you know, take some time to study this. I'm going to go through this very quickly. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, go ahead and read verses 18 to 23 and pray over it and see what it says to you. But the Corinthians, to whom Paul was writing here, boasted about all of their different teachers in all of their worldly wisdom. And so this is what Paul wrote to these people who were looking for other answers to their questions. He said, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become what? A fool that he may become wise. Isn't that interesting? You'd be a smart aleck in this world he says, no, it'd be better to be a fool in heaven. He says, for the wisdom of this world is what? Folly with God. Boy, isn't that the truth? For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. But then verse 21 says, So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, that would be Peter, by the way, or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. It's interesting. He it said, let no one boast of men why for all things are yours and one of those things mentioned in here is the world don't boast because the world is yours now I don't know if that makes sense to you that the world is yours the world is ours and I think isn't it this that you don't need the pleasures of one upmanship because God's already made you an heir of this world I mean, would I feel the need to brag that my house is bigger than somebody else's house if I, if I suddenly could step back and realize that God already owns the entire town, He owns the entire state, He owns the entire world. And I'm just the beneficiary of His will for my life. The quietness, the openness, the vulnerability of meekness is really a very beautiful thing. And let's be honest, to be a meek person in this world today can also be a painful thing. It goes against all that we are by our sinful nature. It requires supernatural help, and that help is available, thank God. So if you are a disciple, if you are a follower of Jesus, and you're sitting there at the feet of Jesus that day on the mount, that morning or that afternoon, that is, if you trust him and you commit your way to him, if you wait patiently for him, God has already begun to help you and will help you even more. See, in the primary way that he's going to help you, the primary way that I know that he, he helps me, is to assure my heart that I'm actually an heir of Jesus. It should remind you that you're actually an heir of the kingdom of God. And everything is yours. Now Paul understood this. You, when you get to the book of Romans, Romans 8:32, "He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all, will he not freely give us what? All things with him. You're a child of God, you've already inherited what? All things. Hope you got that. I understand it. No good thing it says will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So a good way to end the message is just to repeat where we started. Blessed are you the meek, the gentle, for you will inherit the earth.